Bader versus Fedor. Post-fight thoughts. Dun-dun-dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter, at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. The king is dead. The king is dead. The king is dead. Well, fortunately, he's not dead, but he should definitely be gone. 35 seconds, one punch, good night. In our pre-fight podcast, which if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can click the icon in the upper right corner. It will link back. I mentioned that I thought Bader could hang with him and hurt him on the feet. And it would be a matter of what he did if he hurt him. Would he go for the kill or would he dry hump him? Well, you saw he went for the kill and that was it. 35 seconds. If you had looked back at what Fedor had done in Bellator, the writing was on the wall here. Even his wins, they were garbage. He didn't look good. And he was getting dropped and hurt. And when you're in that situation where you're the striker, you're the powerful guy, you're supposed to be the speedster, you're supposed to be the guy that dominates in the striking, and that's not happening anymore, and you're struggling, you're getting hurt, you're getting dropped and knocked out, Matt Mitrion knocked him out in the feet, that's a problem. And stylistically, Bader was always going to be a problem because he has good wrestling and he can ground upon you when he decides to, when he's not being boring Bader. So when the lines opened at minus 170, I said that was ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe it. At one point, I think Bader was up to over 3-1, to one, and I said, I believe that's where the lines should have opened. And I think you saw that last night. They should have probably been even higher because the, the stage that Fedor's at in his career and the stage that Bader's at in his career and just the, the strengths and the weaknesses, they really added up in favor of Bader. And you didn't even really get to see that last night. It was one punch and done. And I actually had mentioned in the pre-fight podcast that Fader's chin was gone. That iron chin is no longer. And it confirmed it last night. That iron chin is gone. It's bye-bye. See you later. It ain't coming back. And that's why I said if he was able to pull out a win, kind of like how Bader did, right? Just throw a haymaker, boom, it lands, it crushes Bader. You won, you won. You go off into the sunset because you're not going to get any better faster stronger you're not going to get more durable it just doesn't happen this is proven this isn't because it's fedor this isn't because it's mma this is proven it's very 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 rare for fighters to improve as they age and even if they can still hang at some point they hit a wall and the difference here is we're talking combat sports this isn't baseball where you can play around you know and hit a ball and feel the ball these guys are trying to crush your skull So generally, I'm not a fan of people telling other people, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. But when it comes to the combat sports and just the health dangers that are associated with it, even for young guys, but especially when you're getting up there in age and if you've been in the sport for a long time, then it becomes really dangerous. And I think you guys saw that with Adonis Stevenson recently. And he was far more dominant than Fedor's been. He was a champion. He he had a couple tough fights, but he was still winning. I mean, Fedor's life and death, and half the time he's getting knocked out. And look what happened to Adonis. Fought a young cat, grueling fight, gets dropped. All of a sudden, he's in a coma. Now, granted, he's made a recovery to to some degree, which is awesome. He can walk a little bit and talk. But your life just changed right there in an instant. Boom. Over. And his life could have been literally gone. Over. Finito. So it's something you got to take serious. Coker said that was his last fight on his contract. 
But what I didn't like is he left the door open for Fedor to come back, saying it's up to him. It, at this point, it really shouldn't be. Like I said, is he going to get better? Do you see him, even if he goes on a three-fight win streak in Bellator, do you think it's going to be easy? He's already competed in Bellator, I believe it was four times. Look at the results. Even his wins were shitty. I mean, he's still taking abuse even when he's able to win the fight. So I don't think it ends well if he continues the fight. There's nothing else to prove. And even if you wanted to prove it, at this stage, your body isn't going to let you. I mean, you're a striker who's now can't take a punch on the feet. That's a problem. I mean, where do you go from here? You're going to meet wrestlers like Bader. Well, not necessarily Bader, but people who have grappling skills who are going to give you hell. And then if you meet somebody on the feet that can throw a little bit, maybe you get knocked out. So I think it's time to hang it up. There was a lot of people that were upset with the loss, but that goes right back to being emotional. I get it. He's an icon. A lot of people think he's the greatest of all time. I'm not going to sit here and argue if he is or he isn't. That's not really the point of the podcast. But what I'm saying is as far as betting goes, the writing was on the wall. So I actually waited a day to do this because a lot of people were really upset that he had lost in the way he had lost. Most people thought that he could get taken down and dominated there. And I think that was the most likely outcome. But like I said, if you had been watching him, you could see he wasn't invulnerable on the feet. He was actually very vulnerable on the feet. And Bader possesses enough power that he can do that, especially at the stage that Fedor's at and you saw that it didn't take much and the eyes rolled back and that's all she wrote so I I get a lot of people are emotional about it because maybe that's their favorite fighter they've watched him for you know however many decades and it's sad to see your heroes go out like that but as far as betting goes I mean this was the likely outcome that somehow some way Bader was going to get him out of there I thought it would probably be the same thing you know Hurts him, drops him, grounds and pounds him out. Or shoots, takes him down, just rides him, grounds and pounds him out. But you always got to worry about boring Bader showing up. This is the Bader that everybody likes to watch. He's done it a few times in Bellator, and then he gave up that stanky Mitrione fight. He actually calls it unpredictability. I just call it split personality. Sometimes he's boring, sometimes he's not. I guess it's game planning, whatever his team comes up with. It works for him. So, yeah, there are going to be times when you take Bader inside and he pulls a boring Bader and you're pissed because you know the guy can do more, but he doesn't. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not that you get a guy down and he's got a really great guard or he's got really good defense on the ground and you can't get to him. It's because Bader just does the bare minimum when he gets a guy on the ground sometimes. Like, he went after Fedor, but Fedor was already out with the first punch. But, like, in the Mitrion fight, Mitrion was a fish out of water compared to what Bader was on top of him. Bader could have ran all over him, and he just did enough. Is that because they're friends or they know each other? You'd have to ask him. But you could see he could do a lot more, and that's where people get frustrated. Not only because you're betting, but because you're watching this crap. So who wants to see a guy basically play around with another man like it's in a gym, like you're sparring, like you're working on, you know, moves or something. He's just playing with him. Like, you you don't have to pity pat this guy. This guy's doing nothing to you. You could actually just sit up and just smash him and be done with it. But he'll do it round after round after round. And it's boring to watch when you see somebody just playing around. That's the reason a lot of people didn't like the older version of Mayweather. But what they didn't realize was that was because Mayweather, one, got older, but two, he had really bad hands. When he was younger, most people don't remember Pretty Boy Floyd. You go back and look at that cat. He finished people. 
I mean, they they remember Money Mayweather, that persona and the loud mouth and all this other stuff and the pity pat style and not knocking anybody out. That's not how he started his career at all. And that's why he got so much flack later is that people thought, you know, he's just playing around. Oh, it's a foregone conclusion that Mayweather's just going to play with him for 12 rounds and win, you know, 10 or 11 out of those rounds. Why do I want to watch that? Well, you kind of get the same thing with Bader. Like, oh, he could easily dominate this guy and get him out of there, but he's just going to play around with him for three rounds. Why the hell do I want to sit there and watch him dry hump a guy and hit him a few times in the face so the ref doesn't stand up the fight? That's what you got in the Mitrione fight. And then there's other times, like you saw last night, where he actually goes, you know, to do damage and try to put a hurt on his opponent. And more often than not, he's been successful, especially in Bellator. Uh, a lot of people will say there's a big difference between Bellator and the UFC, and that's, I guess, another debate for another podcast about level of competition. But one thing I do have to say is, like, when you look at the heavyweight tournament and what Fedor and Bader did, the, yeah, the UFC's heavyweight division is far better. I mean, I think Fedor went through, um, we had Matt Mitrione, we had Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, and then Bader. I mean, come on, right? Like, seriously. And look how he struggled there. So if you want to say top tier and lower tier or, um, you know, pros and amateurs or whatever you want to call it, then in the heavyweight division, yeah, that probably holds up true. I generally don't say that for the whole organization because there are killers in, in each division and each organization. And it doesn't always work like, oh, Bellator is the B leagues, UFC is the A leagues for everybody. Overall, yeah, you probably get away with saying that because the UFC is so much bigger. Most people want to fight in the UFC. They're able to get the best talent. But there are people that are successful in Bellator that would do perfectly fine in the UFC and put on good fights, even if they don't become champions or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think it's just when Fedor is struggling that much in the Grand Prix tournament at Bellator against the people he faced, then yeah, you should stay far, far, far away from the UFC. And in my opinion, it really is like there's nothing else, nothing else to do here. I mean, if you go on a win streak on Bellator, where does it bring you? They won't be easy. At some point, you're going to run into somebody who's going to beat you again. Like I said, he's just not going to get any better. So I was kind of disappointed that Coker allowed that door to be cracked open that says, you know, it's up to Fedor. If Fedor wants to fight, he's a legend and he's my friend and all this. All that's great. But at some point, you got to close the door and go, hey, dude, you got to find something else in your life to make you happy. You know, there's got to be something else that you can be content with doing for the rest of your life because you're not going to be 70 years old fighting. I've said this before. There's a reason you do not see old people out there competing at a high level in combat sports the body says no it's that simple i don't care what your name is what you've done in the past this is the way it is does it sucks do do we like watching our legends fall no but the longer you stay in the sport it will happen i've said the same thing about floyd his outside the ring iq is almost as high as his inside if not higher because he pick, he picks matches that he has a real advantage in. Maybe it's not punching power, but maybe it's just stylistically. This guy's slow, powerful, but slow. He knows he can't get to him. You know, this guy's fast, but he has no power. Whatever the case is, he looks at things far more than most people do. And then he takes the calculated risk. We talk about that in betting all the time. Risk versus reward. That's what he does. At some point, 
the possibility of his, him miscalculating is real. Floyd Mayweather is no different than any of the other all-time greats that stick around too long. The best one was probably George Foreman that I can remember. And even still, he had some losses there. But, man, the guy had a granite chin. He still had super thunder power. He was amazing still skill-wise. Oldest heavyweight champ ever. But at some point, even he's like, you know, enough is enough. I got to go. But some of those wars he was in when he was in his late 40s was unbelievable. I'm sitting there watching this bald, out of shape heavyweight from, you know, the 70s out there. And I'm like, this guy is amazing. It was truly amazing. Just unbelievable what George Foreman was able to do. That is not the norm. That is certainly the exception. I'm telling you that right now. And you can see that, not just in boxing, but in MMA. At some point, and it's different for everybody. I get that. So you can't do it by chronological age. There are young fighters out there who take a beating, and they're just not the same. I mean, Diego Sanchez is not the same, and he's far younger than Fedor. But So you're not going to say, oh, once you hit this age. But you can see by watching them, when you see this huge decline, and you see the things that they were able to do before that they can no longer do. I mean, just take the chin, the durability of Fedor alone. I mean, that should be red flags, red siren going off for anybody who was a Fedor fan or anybody who was looking to bet this fight. Because once he lost his durability... You don't have to be the greatest striker in the world. You don't have to be the most powerful striker or the fastest striker or throw 15 combinations. It only takes one. And you saw that. So when you see these type of declines as far as betting is going, you could see, wait a minute here, we've got check boxes that definitely favor Bader that nobody ever is going to dispute. It's obvious stylistically. And then when you start taking away check marks that Fader used to have, and putting them onto the Bader side or even becoming neutral, you get down to it and you're like, there, this really should be a lopsided fight in favor of Bader. And it was. I don't think most people thought 35 seconds, but I think most people thought this would be the outcome is that Bader was able to win inside. Even with boring Bader in there with five rounds and the way that Fedor has looked, it was more probable than not that Bader was going to find a way to get him out of there. It didn't matter if it was striking on the feet. It didn't matter if it was ground and pound. He was going to find some way to get him out of there. And like I said, at some point, your body just doesn't perform anymore. One thing I will say on the undercard was the Pico Corrales fight. Pico got knocked out again. I mean, it happens. He had Corrales hurt. I was actually going to do a podcast for that, and I was kicking myself in the butt because I didn't. I thought Corrales was super tough, and he was sitting at like plus 360, I believe, as an underdog, and something like plus 6 to 1 on each prop decision and KO. I thought that there was value there, but it's my fault for not doing the podcast, so I won't go into what I thought was going to happen. But the thing here is Bellator has really propped up Pico ever since his first fight, and then you see him, he gets knocked out before. And everybody makes excuses for him. He's a young kid. He'll learn. He'll learn. He has some amazing wins. And he comes back, gets knocked out again. Everybody, oh, he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll learn. And will he learn? I mean, that's the problem. When you hype somebody up, they have to perform. 
And so not only is Pico saying, you know, like, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Then he loses that. Oh, yeah, I have to learn. Then he's back to, oh, you know, if I fight these lower level guys, they'll be in body bags and there'll be huge hospital bills. The arrogance is real there. So at one point he flips on the, you know, I'm humble. I'm young. Yeah, I made a mistake. I thought I had him out. Then the next sentence he's saying, yeah, but if I fight lesser top tier competition here, you know, if you put me in with the 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 scrubs or whatever he wants to call them you know the gatekeepers they're gonna absolutely be destroyed that's i mean you're contradicting yourself what is it that you need to learn you need to realize that you're not the killer that everybody's making you out to be that you do have skills but there's more than just having skills there's a cage iq in this case there's things that you need to set up and there's times when you need to go and not go and there's times when you need to be defensively sound and there's opponents that you have to be really defensively sound against and other ones that you know you can open up and finish none of this none of this but people keep making excuses for the kid part of it is because Bellator is hyping this guy up to be the next world champion I believe he's four and two now I think he's got knocked out twice so You've got to look at his durability when you're betting. And this channel is all about betting and matchups. You've got to look at Pico's durability when you're betting. It doesn't matter to me how skilled he is. Is he going to be able to take people out? Yes, of course, we've seen that. But durability, if he gets in with somebody who can take that initial rush and give back, Pico has folded. You need to know this, especially when they're hyping this guy as the next best thing since sliced bread, and you're getting minus 420, minus 500 lines on him. Because this isn't a case where you're like, this kid has a lot of talent. I'm definitely going to take a flyer with him because he's a minus three or plus 300 underdog. You're not getting that. You're laying the cheddar. You're putting down the juice to bet on Aaron Pico. So if you're doing that, you need to make sure that his matchup against the person that he's facing is favorable to him. How? What do I mean by favorable? As far as if he explodes, will that guy fold? This is the thing you need to look at. The very simplistic way to look at this. And of course, there's more in capping. I'm not going to get into all that right now. But I'm just saying, you need to say, will this guy fold under an attack? If the, if the answer is no, then you have to be very, very careful. Because if you're not, if you're not careful and you think, his first time he explodes, that's going to be it. Look what happened. He hurt Corrales, put him down, and just kept attacking like a crazy madman. Boom. Right hand, good night. And so, yes, you have to say he has talent. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that he has talent. But there's more to the game than just talent. And talent will only bring you so far. Again, He's not going to get any younger. You could say he might get better because he is still an experienced six fights. But he's not going to get any better. I mean, he's not going to get any younger. So at some point, he's going to hit the wall as well. Now, could that be 10 years from now, 15 years? Yeah, or could it be early? With that type of lack of durability, it could be early. This could be a guy who has the most talent in the world, but you touch his chin and he goes nighty-night. Those guys are horrible to have to cap and bet on because you can never be 100% fully confident that he can get in any type of adversity and come out of it. You've always got in the back of your head, oh man, if this dude don't go on, go out and hits Pico, Pico might crumble. 
And so you're always looking at other things other than just Pico. And so then you've got to look at, you know, unders or you've got to look at hedging. You've got to look at it makes things more difficult simply because you can't rely on, well, he's more skilled than this guy because sometimes that isn't enough. And so do a lot of people have big hopes for Pico? Yeah, but they have this entire time. Making excuses for the kid ain't going to cut it. If he don't get it between the years, then it's not it's not going to matter because I don't care what anybody says. His durability is a question mark to me. And I think you're going to continue to see that if he doesn't improve his defense. He's got to know when to attack and when to let off the accelerator, and especially to be defensively sound. If you're not going to be defensively sound, then you better have a rock-solid chin. Because as you face the elite in the division, they're always able to sneak in a punch here or there. Even if they're being dominated, they'll come out of the blue and land a counter shot. If you can't take that counter shot then it doesn't matter that you were winning both rounds or all three rounds or all four rounds. And then boom, a shot that sneaks through and you're asleep. Listen, guys, some fighters just don't have chins. That's the way it is. So if you don't have a chin, more often than not, you can't train yourself to have a good chin. It's not going to happen. So you got to make sure that you're 100% defensively technically sound and your hands are in the right position, not only when you're not throwing, but after you throw for counter punches. And if the kid isn't going to take the time to do that and make sure that he's defensively sound when he's on offense and then when the other fighter is throwing back his counter punches, you're going to continue to see people get knocked out and people are going to say, what is going on with this kid? He has no chin. He has all these skills. Why does he keep getting knocked out? Well, it's either him or his team. So pick and choose. It really doesn't matter. But it's his career. It's his life. So he should be the one in charge going, I have these tools. I have the speed. I have this power. I have this ability. Why am I getting caught here? Is this a mistake I'm making or am I not being taught well enough to have my hands in the proper position to defend when I'm going in for the kill? To defend when I'm throwing my jab. To defend when I'm throwing my right hand. Because if he can't get that down, I don't see how he continues to thrive. He'll have a couple wins, and then he's going to have a loss sprinkled in there. He's going to have a couple wins, and he's going to have a loss sprinkled in there. And people are going to look back and go, man, what a waste of talent. And it really could just come down to, A, he's stubborn and thinks that he doesn't need to know these things. Or B, he doesn't have the proper team around him to teach them teach him these things so somehow somewhere there's a disconnect here because unless he really does believe that he can just walk through everybody and nobody's going to be able to take his punch and he's invincible which would seem strange after both losses yeah maybe before the first loss but not now after the second loss and you could see like it's not even an accumulation of punches you're getting hit and starched so there's a lot of work to do there in my opinion I understand that a lot of people are high in this guy, but in my honest opinion, there is a lot of work to do with this kid. They can do it via matchmaking, but don't get fooled. Again, look at the matchups. Look at stylistically. They can do this via uh, via matchmaking, and they may do that. Put him in with people that they know when he opens up on will crumble, and then people are going to forget All of these issues we're talking about right now, they're going to forget about the durability, the lack of defense, the improper technique. All this stuff we're talking about is going to go to the wayside. And then at some point, sometime, you're going to have to step them up again. And if those issues aren't corrected, he'll be knocked out again.
that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.